Hello, world. Welcome back to Golf Subpar. Colt Nost, Drew Stoltz. Uh, how about the Arnold Palmer Invitational Sleeves? Scotty Scheffler just picking up another dub. Second in three weeks. Survived out there at Bay Hill. I had an awesome time. I loved it. I loved every <laughs> second of it. It's so hard to get these guys to be challenged. That golf course got firm, fast, bouncy. The wind was blowing. There were some players that thought it was, you know, borderline unfair. There were some huge numbers being shot out there. But at the end of the week, dude, you look at the top of the leaderboard, you got Scotty Scheffler, just like you said, one of the hottest players in golf. This is his second win in three weeks. And you got Victor Hovland coming down the stretch, who's won three of his last seven and two other top fives in there. I think you got the two best players in the world in golf at the top of the leaderboard. I think a good setup does that. And I wasn't playing it, but I sure as hell had a lot of fun watching it. Putters being thrown in lakes. Hole-in-ones, triples, everything. Yeah, it looked absolutely brutal. When that place gets firm, it is so difficult. I mean, if you get it out of position, you're just struggling to make par. And listen, at one point, the leader was at 10 under par, ended up going all the way back to 5 under par. And Scotty Scheffler is now fifth in the official world golf rankings, which means for the first time ever, the top five players in the world are all under 30 years old. Yeah, not an old man's game anymore. That might not change for a while, too, looking at the guys that are there now and, and, and coming up. As well, and how about how quickly the the narrative changed for Scotty Scheffler? A month ago, it was, "Hey, all right, when are you gonna win? You're on the Ryder Cup team, you know. When are you gonna pick off that first win?" Now, fast forward, boom, two wins, two big golf courses, big fields, uh, and top five in the world. Yeah, changed I, quickly. I, the one thing I'll say is, like, I don't, I never want the setup to get out of control or unfair, like we've seen at some places in the past. This one was borderline, in my opinion. But the good news about that is, it keeps everyone so close. So it feels like at any moment someone can do something to either win or lose the golf tournament. We saw Gary Woodland, Eagle 16, to take a one-shot lead. Then all of a sudden, bam, double, bogue, finish, and, he, and he's out of the mix. But it it's hard, but it was damn exciting. I don't think it got – did you think it got unfair? I thought it was just brutally hard. I saw good I, shots holding greens, guys that hit a little flatter having a hard time holding greens. Scotty Sheffler didn't even drive it well for the week. He was like mm -hmm. 55 out of 77 in driving accuracy, and he still hit more greens than Matt Fitzpatrick, who led the field in driving accuracy. He can just do it from the rough, and not a lot of people can. I just feel like the narrative at, at the end of the week, even Scotty Scheffler, who won the golf tournament, said he was a little surprised by the conditions of the golf course on Sunday after what had happened on Saturday when it played so difficult. Roy McIlroy was very vocal, finished 76-76. I never heard one person say, the setup was great. It was fine. It was yeah. like Rory came out and said it was bad. If he didn't say, yeah, I thought it was great, it's like you're going against Rory. I mean, I know Gary finished the way he did and was frustrated, but he's like, I'm just glad that this is over with. I think because they all I'm so are. so glad to get off this golf course. How about the guys that have played the last two weeks? PGA mm. National beat you up, go to Bay Hill, get hit in the face a million times, and now if you're playing the players, we're looking at some cold wind and rain out there. It's a three-week combo that you ain't going to see on the PGA Tour too often. Those dudes got to be dragging ass going into this week. Yeah, very exciting week. But, hey, listen, you might be a little tired, but when you look at that and you see the purses at $20 million, you get excited. You'll be ready to go. Things will be great. But one of the most exciting events on the PGA Tour, it's here. I mean, arguably, the you know, the fifth majors, everybody calls it, but the strongest field in golf, and it's going to be incredible to watch somebody win just over $3.5 million, I believe, if they end up hoisting the trophy at the end of the week. Yeah, 47 of the top 50 going to be in there. Bryson taking a knee again this week. Um, he's been out for a while now. There's some rumors going around that maybe we don't see him till Augusta, but you got 47 of the top 50. It's another golf course where the setup has kind of taken the narrative at times over the years. This year with the, with the weather being what they expect, 
very interested to see how that thing looks because it could be if you get the wind blowing 15 to 20 mm. you got to tackle number 17 number 18 there's just so many tough shots out there if they're if they don't get rain and they got the sub air system and they still want it to be balanced i mean it could be really tough because you just got to think your way there's more thinking in this golf course like you said earlier today than i think anywhere else and that's why i like bay hill setup is like all of a sudden there's a little strategy coming into play that most times on the PJ Tour you don't have to think about. Well, I'm very interested to see who you pick this week at the players. But once again, congratulations to Scotty Scheffler. Second PGA Tour win. Obviously hits home for me. Very close with Scotty. Was uh, was cool to see, man. I'm so proud of him. But I want to thank all of our loyal listeners out there, especially yes, maybe some new time. ones from last week because the Pat Perez episode absolutely exploded. I believe you said we got all the way up to number seven in the sports podcast rankings. Um, this thing was talked about all over the place, USA Today, um, among other things. But that was really, really cool to see the reaction we got. I mean, Pat texted me. He's like, apparently the whole world listened to this thing because every hole I play at Bay Hill, someone is coming up to me and talking about y'all's podcast. Yeah, and you get an uncensored Pat Perez, which is pretty much the only Pat Perez, but coming in here with some things on his mind, you're going to get the truth. And that's why I think it's so rare. Like, Pat is one of the few guys in sports that I can think of who's – relevant in the game in the, in the sport that they're playing but yet willing to say whatever he thinks good or bad love him hate him disagree with him agree with him he says it and he's not trying to be pc he's not trying to worry about losing sponsors or things like that and you don't really get a lot of those guys until they're out of the game and they don't have the sponsors and there, there's no more risk involved like things could happen pat just tells it how it is and by the way like Everyone that I've heard from more or less like loved it, whether you agree or disagree that they're like wow that's cool to hear a player yeah. like talk like that and be open but yet so few are willing to do it. And I get it. It's going to be a dangerous world out there. You say something wrong and bam, yeah, you he's get 40, jumped on. Yeah, he's but 46 years old. People seem to love like that, you know, transparency. Yeah, yeah he's beat a around dude. The bush. He's a he's dude. Just a he dude. Comes, I mean, he attacked poor Aaron Rye. Aaron I, Rye I don't even took, know where the hell that came just from. Just took a stray. <laughs> he was out walking his dog down the street and bam, with a little shotgun blast to the head. But he is, seriously, He's. I mean, he's always been one of my favorites. He's a guy I chose to play a lot of practice rounds with because it's so entertaining. He just lets it rip. And he did it here on Golf Sub Bar, and it was a huge, huge hit, a huge success. And th that's because of y'all out there for yes. listening and downloading everything. Thank you to everybody. As a thank you. Huge thank you. We're going to give you 15% off this entire week, Monday to Monday, on all Birdie Juice gear. All you got to do is go to the golf.com pro shop, check it out, pick out some cool stuff, 15% off. And also keep an eye on our social pages because we're going to do some giveaways this week. It's time to feed everyone. You know what I mean? 15% off, get you some birds, whatever you like, get the whole flock, get you one, whatever. It's 15% uh, off as a thank you to all the listeners for coming back, listening, and um, helping us let make this thing grow. All right. Well, our guest this week, slightly different from Pat Perez. Possibly. One of the best players in the world, currently ranked number two in the official world golf rankings. One of the most thoughtful, nice, caring guys I've ever been around and one of the best ball strikers you'll ever see in the game of golf. But I tell you what, he was fun, man. He's he awesome. He let it go. Colin Morikawa joins us on Golf Subpar. He's awesome. It's possible we might go from one end of the spectrum with Pat, <laughs> the most loose tongue. You never know what you're going to get to Colin Morikawa. He's going to say everything perfect. I looked for a weakness. I looked for something that we pick at. We asked a million friends of his, give us something, give us a story, anything, college, whatever. You can't find it, dude. The guy's bulletproof. His wine cellar looked a little empty, though. Bullet, yeah, that's the one thing. Get some wine, Colin. What are you doing? Bum. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get to Colin Morikawa, we are proud to announce Doers as the pre presenting sponsor of Subpar in the official Scotch whiskey of the 122nd U.S. Open at the Country Club in Brookline, Massachusetts. Discover Doers' remarkable lineup of Scotch whiskeys, most notably their 12, 
15, and 19-year-old limited Champions Edition developed in partnership with the USGA. Doers is the perfect after-round indulgence, extraordinarily smooth yet complex. Enjoy Doers double-aged Scotch whiskeys any way you like. Be it neat, on the rocks, in a whiskey highball with a twist, or a classic old-fashioned. That's my favorite. Those old-fashioned. They'll get you. They'll yeah. sneak up on you. Doers is a lot like us. That's why it makes sense that I'm on board. Extraordinarily smooth, yet complex. Couldn't agree can't, more. Can't really figure it out. After but you know it's smooth. After going out shooting a little 66, what's better than a nice Doers? Oh, not not much. All right. Well, here he is. Let's get to Colin Morikawa on Golf Subpar. Okay, Colt. Big one here today, brother. I'm not saying... There's such thing as a perfect human being in this world. I'm just saying if there is, this next man may be it. He's only 25 years old, as you know. Two-time major champion, five-time tour winner, number two player in the world, Colin Morikawa. It is a pleasure to be with you. It's, it's my pleasure. I mean, the amount of subpar stuff that pops up on all my feeds is almost annoying. Um, but to finally be a guest... Uh, it's it's truly an honor. Well, well, you've been asking me for like months, and finally I was like, "Fine, Colin, we can do it. We'll make some time." Yeah, yeah. You know, I I appreciate you kind of digging out this little small little period for me to join. Um, but no, it really is, guys. You guys have some of the best guests. I've definitely listened to a couple of the the podcasts, and um, yeah, it's, it's good to be here. Well, I was really... I'm glad you got that right. Yes, twenty five. Congratulations on the on the two five, man. It's a big year in a fella's life. I was kind of joking about the perfect human being thing, but as you know, we like to dig in on our guests and kind of get some funny stories or some a little bit embarrassing. We asked a lot of people about you, and I'm telling you, there was there's very little out there on you, or else you conceal everything better than anyone. Yeah, I'm just I'm just pretty good at hiding stuff when it needs to be hidden. Um, that's just who I am. You know, I love to still have a good time, but like, I'm not always, I'm not that crazy one that'll like, that's the story that it's going to be talked about. You know, it's just kind of, that's not my nature. I love to have a good time, but you know, I'm not going to be that, that one guy out of the group of your friends that kind of creates the story sometimes. Leave that to us, but and give us a few years. We'll have you yeah, back in I'm, a year or two. We'll I'm, have something. I'm glad you couldn't really get any dirt. It seems like it's going to be a nice, easy conversation. It is. But, You're a vault. You know, we, we see you on the golf course. I mean, you've got this incredible demeanor. You're obviously incredible at golf. Number two player in the world. Won two majors. What is Colin Morikawa like off the golf course? What's an off week look like? Pretty, yeah, I'm pretty laid back. Um, I love to just hang out at home. Just kind of, you know, hang out with Kat, fiance now. Hang out with our dog. Um, but I, I, like, I love like being outdoors and I love being competitive. Like if I could shoot hoops every day, like I would rather have a basketball court in my house than a putting green or a simulator, like hands down, I'd, I'd probably shoot hoops every day. Like, I mean, I was at, so, you know, last week in at Riviera, I was shooting hoops after, you know, I got worked on my body. Like I was just shooting hoops for like an hour. <laughs> like I'd rather, I'd rather go do anything sports related, um, than, probably hit balls in a simulator so if you have some time off you got like a week or two off and you're not playing you're not a guy that feels like he's got to be doing something got to be practicing you're, you're okay with just putting him down for four or five days or something yeah i mean to be honest it's it's definitely like added i remember when i first turned pro like i'd take maybe one day off in an off week now it's kind of like gone to three days and i don't know if this trend continues as you keep getting older and <laughs> professional golf grows on you um but like you know, for me, I think two to three days is a great amount of period, like of time to take off for me to like feel like I still have my game and just be fully rested because like that's the biggest thing out here is like, can you actually sleep and just feel good with yourself to, you know, show up week in and week out? 
I know you've thrown the first pitch out of the Dodgers game, but what's your favorite sport to watch other than golf, obviously? Um, I enjoy basketball. So I've actually enjoyed watching the NFL. I don't really have a team. I'm going to bandwagon off the Rams since they won the Super Bowl. Typical. And I'm LA from LA, guy, but LA. I, I won't. Yeah. Huge LA guy. I'm a huge, like LA, even though I live in Vegas, like LA just is, is all me. Um, but I, I think I enjoy basketball the most for sure. I missed a huge opportunity at Riviera when you hold it on number 10, when it like two hopped in, I had it planned all week. If someone hold one, I was going to yell Kobe and I totally panicked and totally <laughs> forgot about it. I was very upset with myself. I asked you on nine too. I asked you if, if seven was on air and seven, I think was slightly better than 10. Seven was, and he said, we weren't even on air. We weren't even on air yet. So well, then I, I had to perform for you again on 10. And it seems like you really. I get nervous around you. Had it teed up and you didn't. Do, I you totally. Had I had it? it all week. I was like, I got this planned. I got it planned. And, and then, a Lakers guy. I know when the moment Damn. happens, though. Sometimes you just freak out. I got hey, excited. I get it, dude. Occasionally, players mess up. You know, it does happen. But Colin, you're a perfect guy to ask then, since you're such a big Lakers guy. Talk about the Lakers right now. I mean, they're they're not they're ninth currently right now. Do you think they just need a couple more superstars that are over forty? Do you think they need some more <laughs> names? They're just you go down that roster. There's no recognizable names. Uh, they suck right now. I mean, I think we all know that they they actually suck. It's it's scary how like I remember when they traded, they did all the trades for you know the the old veteran guys, and you know I was hopeful. Um, there were a lot of people that were skeptical about it. I was still hopeful because you know you you still just still believe that they can do it, right? You you don't need them. You don't need to play them four quarters. You know they don't you don't they don't need to play the entire game, but you just kind of you pick and choose. Um, but Russ is, it's really hurt. I mean, you can see the dynamic of the entire team. Like when you have just that one guy or you get a couple of guys that, you know, think they need to do this, they need to do that. Or they just, you know, some guys I think can adapt to certain games. Like Russ is just, it's a one type of game guy. Right. And it's, it's so hard to see that. Um, so it hurts, but you never know. I mean, <laughs> maybe they pull something out of their, you know, behind and just kind of, you know, make some type of run but the, the way the west coast is kind of lining up it's uh it's it's very bad they're, everyone's they're rooting for them yeah. everyone <laughs> everyone the whole country wants something good to happen to the lakers yeah i know that well let's, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about colin morikow i want to go back to college because you end up going to cal obviously wanting to follow in the footsteps of the great max Homan, peter tomasulo yeah uh, i'd say james hahn perhaps and james hahn yeah. good point good point but why cal did you look anywhere else yeah, so, like, when I was going through that process, kind of, like, Pac-12, growing up, my mom went to USC, so I always thought the Pac-12 was, like, the best. You know, I, I grew up watching, like, Reggie Bush, you know, dominate college football. And, you know, SC was always a big factor for me. Like, so it was SC. I grew up right next to the Rose Bowl, UCLA, Stanford, Cal. Um, I'll be honest, Cal was probably my least favorite visit when I first visited all those schools. Okay, oh, wow. Um, you know, yeah, you know, it's surprising. And, and I think the four years there, I, I loved every single second. So I wouldn't trade it in for anything. Um, but if you look up where I grew up, you know, I grew up in a small little town in L.A., like La Cunada. It's very different than Berkeley, California, like polar opposites nearly. And for me growing up, like I was so used to kind of the bubble that I was in that, you know, you kind of gravitate towards like a USC um, but as I kind of went through it and then no joke, when you see a guy like Max Homa go through Cal and absolutely dominate college golf, you know, that, like that 2012, 2013 team is 
I will say is, is one of the best college teams to never win an NCAA championship, you know, something's right. You know, you know, you're able to still become a great golfer while still going to a great school. And um, that's exactly what I was looking for. I trusted the coach. I trusted the team. I knew a lot of guys that were going to be on the team when I was there and um, it just kind of all worked out. So I, I narrowed it down to kind of those four, you know, California schools that just happened to be. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm very happy with the way everything played out, obviously. Yeah, it worked out okay. Yeah, things – keep your head up. Keep your chin I up. Wanna, Good things are going to happen. <laughs> I want to go to – obviously – That's, what, that's you, what Colt always tells me. Yeah. Yes, things are going to be okay for you. I promise. Just keep smiling. But one thing you missed out on being so successful is – I looked back. You you played one Corn Ferry Tour event, and you lost in a playoff, yeah. which mm. is just ridiculous. That's you never got to experience – you played one Corn Ferry Tour event and zero and Jicky And didn't jacks. win it. No Jickies. No Jickies. I don't even Sleaze, know. Please tell Colin – He'll never make it. Tell Colin what he's missing out with not playing any of the Jickies. You Jicky ever jacks. slept on the floor of a Motel 6 after <laughs> shooting the high score of the day with three other dudes? <laughs> you really don't even know, uh, Colin, no. what pro golf is all about, dude. You got a lot to learn still. You know, it's amazing because when I first turned pro, I, and, and, you know, now I, I do fly private, you know, half the time I'll fly first class, whatever. But, like, my agents and people around me, like, they still know me for, like, trying to get the best deal out of everything. Like, I'm comfortable flying on a Southwest flight, like, no problem. Like, I'm, I, I'm doing an heartbeat. Maybe not, like, cross country or, you know, out to, to another country, but, like, that's just who I am. Like, I... I love just kind of staying under the radar, like just doing that. So no, I have not stayed at a motel six <laughs> on the floor with three other people in the room. Um, but it was weird. When I was at that corn fairy event, I showed up and they, they didn't know who I was. Obviously, you know, they didn't know who this kid was, but I, I went to go check in and they didn't, they were like, Oh, like you're not on this list. And I freaked out. I was like, man, like I, I'm pretty sure I earned this spot. And like, unless I'm going crazy, I think I have a spot in this field. So like it, it took another 30 minutes for them to figure out who I was to even be able to sign up for the tournament. But how about that? I mean, that's your, you're, you're making a start in a professional event and you go out there and you lose in a playoff. Like, did you just immediately just feel comfortable in professional golf? Yeah, to be honest, like I wasn't, I think a lot of people when they show up to the PGA tour, like you you're almost afraid of some guys, right? Like you get afraid of like, you're, you're scared of like a DJ, you know? You've seen him on TV, you see how far he hits, and then you actually see him in person. It's almost intimidating. Um, to be honest, I wasn't really scared of anyone out there. Like, you know, I was a six or no, what was I? 18, 19 years old. But like, I wasn't scared of anyone. Like, I, I knew a couple of guys. I think I played a practice round with Brandon Hagee. Max might have joined, but he wasn't too friendly at the time. Um, <laughs> he was still that like. That, well, no, what's funny to me is that, like, Max, I think, has opened a shell since I've known him. But, like, when I first met Max, he was, like, he was kind of still, like, secluded unless you actually knew him. Like, he's a whole different person once you know him. But, like, now everyone knows who he is. But before, you know, all this fame got to his head, um, <laughs> it was just kind of like, you know, it was kind of just like a brick wall. And then you had to, like, slowly break in. And that's kind of like I, I, I met the brick wall of Max Homa. Wow, um, this is great. But, like, I – I just felt comfortable. Like I felt comfortable out there. And I think that's what helped that. Like I wasn't scared. Like I wasn't scared of playing against these guys. But, but even not being scared, like the success you had and how quickly it happened, like those are two totally different things. Did it happen even faster for you than maybe you expected? You know, you're a great player. You're a great college player, but to come out there, win as quickly as you did, get on tour as quickly as you did. Like, is that a realistic expectation when you first got out there? 
I mean, for me, it was. Yeah, I, I thought it was absolutely possible. And I, you, know, you look at the past history, like it's not often that this happens, right? Especially with three guys. You know, normally, you know, sometimes it'll happen once every handful of years. You see one guy pop out. Um, but I thought it was possible. Like I, I looked at these as like, you know, I, I had played two other PGA Tour starts as an amateur. I kind of knew what to expect in a sense. Um, but I thought it was absolutely doable. You know, did I have to play amazing and great golf every single week? Yeah. You know, I, I, I wasn't going to just, you know, half-ass this and just go into this and just think, oh, you know, it's going to be okay. I'm going to finish top 10 every week. I had to earn this. But overall, it was kind of like I, I thought it was possible. And the, the end goal was to just get my card, you know. And, and after John Deere, after I earned my card, it was like, okay, the only way I can continue the season is to win. So how do we win now? Um, but that was a big thing was like, how do I just get some type of status out of that summer? And it just kind of compounded one after another to just keep it going. That was my next question is after John Deere, you locked up your card for the following year. So that's got to be a huge relief. Did that just give you like, be like, Hey, look, I got a free roll now. I'm, I'm good for next year. Let's just go get it. The only thing we can do to improve on this is win. hundred percent. I mean, after, let's see, I, I think when I heard Brooks Kepka talking at travelers about his mindset about winning, that's when it really changed. So I'd already played two events. I played RBC Canadian Open and the U.S. Open. So I switched my mindset of travelers to stop making cuts. Let's go win a tournament. And it's, you know, it's not that easy, but it's it, in a sense, like, that's what I'm telling myself. Like, we're not here to just make a cut and see how we do. Like, we're here to win. You go from there, you finish second at 3M. You're in my car to John Deere. And Barracuda was like the first event where I showed up and I'm like, I'm going to win this. Like, I, I fully believe that I can beat this field. And that's like kind of the same, like, sense that I had at this corn fairy event I didn't know anyone really so like I had no reasoning to look them up or figure out you know what what they do and what's great about their golf games um so it's kind of just like show up and let's beat everyone and that's how I showed up at Barracuda so that's a real first time where my entire body and, ev- and head and everything was at that point where like all right we're gonna win a PGA Tour event was there a moment after that week, or maybe even it was it was later on, but with how quickly everything happened, where you just sat back and took inventory of everything that had happened in the last five months, whatever you want to call it, and thought, wow, like things have really changed really quickly for me? Um, I have not done that in the past two and a half years, like since I've turned pro. It's, I don't know if that's just the way I'm wired, but like I haven't sat down like at my house and just been like, huh. Like, where was I two and a half years ago? It's weird to think back. I mean, I was, I was at my high school yesterday and it's like, it's creepy. Like you feel old, <laughs> You're 10 years older than some Just of these wait. kids. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wow, this is, this is very weird. How did, how did your high school um, like, embrace you? Yeah. Was I got to like, know about this. Colin Morikawa day. They, they loved it. I mean, I was only there for like 30 minutes. Um, but it was awesome. I mean, the kids were kind of sneaking out of class. Like I, I came during lunch. So there's a bunch of kids there. And then when the uh, bell rang and they were all supposed to go to class, like a bunch of them like snuck out of their classes or asked their teachers to go to the bathroom, or whatever. So the AD there was like giving me these little tardy passes. And I was just like, I was just writing a column where Cow said it's okay. And so hopefully the teachers know who I am. Love if that. not, they're screwed. <laughs> um, but it was cool. I mean, it was cool. But like, yeah, it's just, I, I haven't, I haven't just sat and been like, okay, you know, I, I love, you know, I've, I'm happy with where I'm at. Like for me, it's just like, man, I want so much more. That's awesome. Well, we're going to talk a lot about your accomplishments, but I want to talk about a failure because you did make 22 straight cuts to start your career. Second to only Tiger Woods. Yeah. What was that moment like in Hartford when you finally had a weekend off? Um, it sucked. It absolutely sucked. Like 
I remember we were packing up, JJ and I were packing up and I were like, he looked at me, he's like, this is kind of weird. Like, I don't really know what to do. And like, I, I seriously hadn't, I, I didn't know what to do. Like, I was like, okay, I guess we just clean everything up here and we're just going to, you know, prance along out, out of the clubhouse into the parking lot and say goodbye. Um, it sucked because I felt like I was still playing well. Obviously the week before I lost in a playoff to Daniel Berger. Um, and it just kind of like, I knew the cut, I knew that cut streak was there. Like I knew what I had to do. I, I knew there was a few more events that I could have continued to, to hopefully beat that streak. And I can't get that back. Like that's what sucks. Like I'm not going to go restart my professional career just to go beat that record. Like I wouldn't trade, I would never trade Don't that, do that. The world for anything. Um, but like it was, you know, it's just, yeah, it's a bad, it's, it's, it's a shitty feeling. Here's what you do. You miss cuts in good cities, so you can have a lot of fun. You tip the locker room guy half because you're only there half the time. I, I can give you all kinds of advice. <laughs> if you need advice on what to do Great. after miss cut, you are in a very friendly place. Yes. Yeah. Very I'll make sure to call you next time. Perfect. <laughs> I mean, you've had the trajectory of your career. You sound like your own like harshest critic, right? Anyone else in the world would look at your career like, oh, my God, this is unbelievable. And yet you sit here like, I'm not content. I got so much more that I want to do. Is that fair to say that like you're not content with what you've done at this point? Yeah, I mean, like, I'm happy with what I'm done, and I'm, like, proud of every, of everything, you know, I've accomplished and, and have played well in, and so far. But, like, for me, I'm just, like, I don't sit back because, like, I'm 25. Like, I mean, you said it. Like, I'm still so young that I have so many other things that I want to accomplish that I think if I – I wouldn't say enjoy it, like, more, but I, I would say if I sat back and been like, yeah, you know, this is one thing that if my career ended right now, I'd be okay. Like, I, I just, I have so many other goals that I want to accomplish that, you know, for me, it's just like, what's next? What's next? What's next? How important is world number one to you? Uh, it's huge. Um, you know, I don't think it'll define everything of who I am if I never get there. But like, it's, it's a huge goal for me because that just means like I'm doing a lot of things right. And for me, since day one, I've always talked about consistency. I've always wanted to be that like Rory McIlroy when I was turning pro that, you know, finished top five, top seven, every single event, you know, for like 10 straight events. Like that's what I wanted to do. Um, so being world number one is pretty much defining that and, and saying everything else is I'm doing everything right. You know, I'm doing all the aspects on the co on the course, right. I'm winning, I'm contending. Um, so that, you know, it's, it, it's an accumulation of everything kind of put together. Colin, let's say you're getting ready for a golf tournament. It's like it's, it's you're gearing up for it. Walk us through a day of like practice in the life of Colin Morcar. I get up at this time. I do this. What's that day look like? Yeah. So like when we show up, I'm I'm normally a morning person, so I like to just kind of wake up, um, start at you know eight to nine. Um, but you'll never you'll never find me beating balls on a range like ever. Uh, I think the one time that I've done it so far in this professional career is once in Dubai earlier this year, like, that's it. Like I, I couldn't hit a cut and I couldn't hit a, I didn't know where the ball was going. So I actually stood on the range for six hours. Um, but I'll probably play, you know, I'll wake up, play nine holes on a Monday, um, do a little bit of maybe track man work, do a little putting, figure out what wedge I might use for the week, call it quits by one, two o'clock and then just kind of chill. Like either if we're in a great city, go out to have a good dinner, you know, see what it's like if we've never been there. Um, but just really relax. Like I, I just don't like being at a golf course the entire day. Like it's, I've, that's never been me. Yeah. You've, you've won two majors in your first eight. Do you treat the major weeks any different than the regular weeks? Not really. Um, and for me, the weirdest thing was like, you know, I played my second major was a PGA championship at Harding park. 
and but there were no fans so we showed up after the wgc and you show up and there's no fans but you can tell like there's a different like everyone's just breathing differently like everyone's got this like weight on their back that they know it's a major and for me it was like and i think it helped because i've been to harding park before but you know i don't really treat them that differently like i prep kind of the same way you know i've heard other people prep differently they'll add some extra time they'll go there early but I think with my team, we do such a good job Monday through Wednesday of, of figuring out what we need to do that, like, why change it up? Like, it's worked for other events. It's worked at majors that, like, you know, I'm still going to tweak little things here and there, but, like, I don't need to add two extra days of prep at the golf course just because it's a major. Like, I, I do everything I need Monday through Wednesday to be ready by Thursday. If I didn't feel ready by Thursday, yeah, I'd change something. But at this point, I, I feel great. Yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And it definitely ain't broke. And you mentioned Harding Park and how there weren't any fans out there. There was a couple people out there watching you, one of which on Sunday, I believe, was Steph Curry. Did you know? I think everyone was wearing masks, but did you notice Steph out there watching you at the time? I mean, as a young kid, look over and see the best basketball player in the world. Like, wow, this is sweet. Yeah, it was the coolest thing. So, like, JJ is the biggest. I mean, he's a huge Bay Area guy. Like, he loves the 49ers. He loves the Giants. He loves the Warriors. And I'm, like, the complete opposite. Like, I hate San Francisco. Um <laughs> Even though I went to from school, the cow guy, that's, yeah. that's kind of my only tie up there to San Francisco. Um, actually, I've got great golf courses. Um, but yeah, so I noticed him on the eighth hole, um, and that was like the coolest thing because like you could actually see him. Like there's 20 people out there, and he was like right there, so you'd see him for the rest of the round. Um, and I think I noticed him before JJ, so I told JJ he was there, and like JJ started freaking out a little bit. Like you know, he, he was getting a little excited out of his pants. Um, but like Steph is. Like he's someone I look up to, you know, I, I look, I look up to Kobe and I've looked up to Kobe my entire life. Like Steph is someone as I've gotten older who I would love to look up to even more and just get to know a lot more. Um, Cause of what I think he's doing for not just basketball, but everyone around the world is amazing. I'm not the biggest NBA guy, but he's one of my favorites to watch just because he actually looks like he's having fun out there. And I think you're kind yeah. of the same way. I mean, you look like you're actually enjoy what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, like, for us, and I can't speak for him, but, like, for me, it's just, like, we're so competitive, and, like, you just want to beat everyone. Like, you just get that thrill out of, like, pulling off a shot or, or doing something special. I mean, the guy's, like, training to make only swishes, right? Like, that's what I'm trying to do. Like, I show up to these events, and I'll be like, oh, like, JJ, I'm just going to hold out from 150 today. Like, <laughs> let's see if we can do it. Like, I still haven't done it, so that's it's a little disappointing. Um, like, you know, I haven't been able to just pull it out of, you know, pull it out of the bag and say, okay, here we go. We're going to pull out from 150. Um, but like, why not? Like, why not challenge yourself? And I think that's what he does. Like he just challenges himself so much that it, he just make himself that much better every single day. Talk Would about you have fun if you hit the golf, uh, playing golf, if you hit it like Colin, I think yeah. I'd have a little more fun than the, yeah. than the way I get around. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah, it is pretty yeah, fun. If I flush pretty every time. It's a little less stressful I'd, than the way I love golf yeah. way more, but talk about, we got to go to the shot at 16 PGA championship, you know, one of the greatest shots in major championship history, the drive you hit up there to eight feet and made Eagle. Where would you rank that among your best shots you've hit? Um, it'd be top two. Oh, what's what? Yes. What else? Yes. Top three. Ooh. Well, I don't know. Like I can't, I'm not like, I'm not able to think. So I'm really bad at like pulling back shots and holes. Like really, I remember the really good ones, but like, you gotta, like, I'm going to need to sit here for 10 minutes. If I'm going to have to go through like really good shots in my career. That's weird because it's just, most golfers have that weird memory. Tough. Most golfers, I feel like, have that weird memory where they can remember a shot from eight years ago. He hit so many good ones. Like I can, yeah, that's true. To be honest, yeah, like I actually can't. Like, like 
think back all the way to college, so three years ago, right? Not even three years ago. Like I, I can only remember one shot in my national championship uh, tournament, which was my last hole. That's the only. That's the only hole I can remember. All right, your memory sucks. Perfect. That chip in a little really earlier yeah. in the round that day wasn't too damn bad either. The chip in was great, um, but you no, know, I'd, I'd put it like definitely one A, one B, somewhere up there. It's got to be one of the top ones. I mean, right. I, I hit it perfect. And that's also the side of where you first ever lied to me which we'll just get that out of the way. Yeah. You lied to me. You told me you'd yeah. lay up every single day mm. and you made me look like an ass on national television, which isn't dirt. the first time or the last time that's going to happen. Yeah. I need to know though. Have you ever lied to me about anything else? That was one of our like real first interactions. I yeah. Feel like. Started off with a lie. Was, yeah. That's great. Um, no, I don't think I've ever <laughs> lied great. to you. I mean, <laughs> we keep, we, we keep our distance and we keep our talking to a minimal, you know, we, it's, you know, I don't want to be too distracted on the range. I mean, you, you pretty much trot along the range as we warm up on a Sunday, just waiting for people to talk to you. So Yeah, and you always talk to me, which I really enjoy. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy the, you know, the little meet and greet. Yeah, He's and then nice you're like, go away, leave me alone. Colin, just feed, yeah. him, just feed him trash, stuff that's not even true, and then let him throw it out there on the broadcast. But yeah, dude, I'm going to do this. I mean... I'm going to create more lies. I think it worked. So, like, you, you're you not going to know. Oh. Like, no one's going to know. So, Listen, why not? I might as well tell you something. Yes. All I'm going to do is say, hey, Jim, Colin told me this. And then if it's a lie, it's on you. It's not It's not up to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, you and I get confused sometimes on the golf course. Listen, so. it, it's happened. People yell Colin at me. I'm like, weird. I mean, no, yeah. I'm not. I mean, I did raise a cool trophy once and the lid fell off as well. Um, so, we, we yeah. do have a lot in common. <laughs> Except I hit a little sure. draw. And sometimes a fade. You never know where it's going to go. Well, I'm, I'm working in a draw there. Don't worry. I've worked in a, I worked in a draw, Rich. You did. Number 13 T. You had a couple nice off the T there. Yeah. I saw it. Don't no, I'm out. telling you. I'm telling you, the draws are coming. The, the draws, draws are, coming? are coming? Yeah, Look you out, need to everyone. add another shot. That's all we need. The arsenal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> add some more. Add some more to the artillery there. One more Harding Park question for me because it, we've talked about there weren't any fans out there. But if there were, if that was a normal time, I would have had to think you would have been a clear fan favorite out there. You're playing, you know, played your college golf right down the road. You'd have the galleries all on your side there. But playing without gallery in your first one, trying to win your first one, it might have been nice to be calm. So do you think it would have helped to have a ton of people out there all rooting for you? Or was it easier that just like, hey, I'm still nervous, but I don't have 8 million eyeballs on me out here? I don't think it would have mattered. <clears throat> I, I still to this day have not been as focused as I was on that back nine at Harding Park. <laughs> Even wow. at the Open, even at any win, even at the Ryder Cup, I've never been that dialed in, and I don't know what it is. And I'm trying to figure out how to get to that state because, like, I want to, I want to get back to that. Like, I want to be in that state, but like, I, I've never been like that. It was crazy. It sure it looked that way at the Ryder weird Cup. Experience. Yeah, but like Ryder Cup, you've got your partner, so like you're talking to your partner, and like you've got other people. Like Harding Park was like a whole different thing. It was just, yeah, it was such a good, it was such a good feeling to be like just every single shot. Like I never, on every single shot, I was 100% giving it my effort. And like, I can say that for a few shots here and there, you know, throughout a tournament. But for those nine holes on the back nine was like unbelievable. Well, and then you go over and you, you win the open championship in your first trip, which it's rather <laughs> different golf. Pretty normal. I mean, what was it that you, you get over there and you're just like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with all this. Yeah. Well, I mean, I played the Scottish and like, I had some trouble and like I, my irons were really going through the turf and I was making all these, these excuses, like really like 
normally when I make excuses to JJ, it's like, okay, like, let's just go to the range and like, we'll, we'll call him Rick, my coach, and we'll figure something out, you know, 20 minutes. Um, but like, I couldn't get it. And I was just like, man, JJ, like these clubs just, they're, they're not working. And like, he's like, just buying into my BS, like, okay, yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, so we go in the next week on Monday morning at the open and I'm like, okay, build me these, you know, other kind of cavity backs, build me these, uh, P7 MCs. And like, I just started flushing them. And like, I, I just, you know, we, we say never to blame your clubs, but I actually did. And it worked out. And that's the one time it has. Um, but like, really like my game felt so good after the U S open at Tory when, when Rom won, like my game felt amazing wasn't there you know it was like a week off i think and then we're at the scottish open and my game still felt great i was just hitting nine irons to 45 feet like every single hole and i could not figure it out like all i had to do was just blame my clubs so next time you're hitting a bad just blame your clubs okay like, stick for you know, years stick with your same brand I, I, same brand yeah of course speaking of that you're very composed brand. on the golf course i've never seen you get angry have you ever broken a club out of anger never Figured so. I, I've never even broken a driver, like like a driver face. Like I feel like so many pros have. Like I feel like you might. I've might actually cracked several. Before. I don't know how. Yeah, dude, they're not built for like I've never humans. Yeah, I've never I've never cracked a face. Like I don't know if it's just like I'm not hitting it center enough or oh, yeah, like that, I'm not that's yeah, that's be hitting <laughs> enough <laughs> balls. No, I'm serious. Like I've never cracked a face. Like I, I I want that satisfaction, just maybe not in the middle of a tournament. Yeah, your dispersion on the face is probably too spread out, given that uh, compared against the average golfer out there. Have you ever had any yeah. sort of a freak out, a meltdown? You had to have like at least hit yourself in the ankle with a wedge or a putter when you're slamming it, like everybody has. Oh, I mean, of course. Like, yeah, I mean, the ankle, the ankle hit with the putter is the oh, worst. The wedge worst. getting out of a bunker. Um, the the angriest I've gotten was probably at JJ. Like as a pro, was at JJ at the Open Championship on Saturday. Mm, and we were like one over through three holes, one over through two. We get to five. I stripe a five wood in there. Wind starts picking up and midair. JJ is like great shot. And like, that's, you know, we needed a good drive lands in the fairway, kicks left, rolls to the lip of the bunker. I have no stance. And I almost hit that shot OB. But after I hit that, after I hit that T shot, I look at JJ. I was like, no more calling out any shots midair. Like, <laughs> don't say anything. And like, I, I was like dead serious. Like, I, I like couldn't stand for any more just random thoughts or guesses, you know, of watching the golf ball. And like, we got over it in like two holes, and then we came back and had a decent round on Saturday, and obviously set up for Sunday. But like, that's probably the angriest I've been. Like, you know, I get mad and I get things, but like, I kind of get over it, and that's just. I've like taught myself that you can't do anything. Like it, you literally cannot do anything after you've hit a bad shot. Yeah, but it like looks you can't, so cool. You can't redo it. <laughs> yeah, it just snapping cool the shot with your foot. That's nice. That's a nice when, you, when you get mad. Yeah. Do you yeah, I mean, I think it looks cooler when you like throw and like you know sidearm a, a club. I'd rather do that. So maybe that's in the future. Um, but it's got to be pretty bad to to do that. Please We're make sure I'm not walking forward. ahead of you. Okay, you can't hit me. <laughs> yeah. We're all You'll looking for that. I'll soft toss it. Perfect. Colin, does that is that open championship win? Do you think that's the most impressive of everything you've done so far, given that it's take it takes some of these guys who are veterans on the tour, they talk about how it takes years and years to learn Lynx golf and you went out there and won your first crack? Like out of out of the out of the wins I've had, which one's the most impressive? Yeah. All your golf accomplishments, winning the open championship in the first try on completely different golf. Maybe. Maybe. Okay, it's a solid maybe. <laughs> I, I, solid. Don't, 
I don't really know. Like, so I mean, everyone talks about Lynx golf is that it's different, right? And, and I'd say you know Royal St George's was not as linksy as some Lynx courses that we're going to get in our rotation, right? It was still very linksy, but it wasn't like as linksy as some of the future places we're going to go play. Um, but like, I think so many people try, and this is what I've learned at Augusta is that like everyone tries to play the, what, what they think needs to win this tournament, right? Everyone thinks they have to go play it low and run everything up and do this or at Augusta, like you have to play draws at every single hole. Like it's just, and that's what I've done so wrong the past couple, like the first couple times I played the masters is like, I tried to hit this straight ball everywhere. And like, that's all I worried about. Like, for leading up to prep was how do I hit the straight driver? How do I hit a rope hook three wood and I'll be fine. And I'll, you know, go win the masters. Like it's so wrong in a sense of like, when I showed up to the open, like everyone's trying to do this, do that. Like I said, screw it. Like, let me just go play my game. And if I need to adjust things here and there, like that's what I'm going to do. And that's what I did. Like, I think certain places are going to make you do certain things and that's completely fine, but that doesn't mean I need to change my entire game plan of like what I do best and that's literally approach shots so like let me just stick to my strengths so yeah I, I guess it is one of the most impressive ones because I really showed up and stuck to what I believed in and what I thought was my actual game and um that's what Augusta has kind of like tricked me in is that like man you got to go play this high draw and like that's the only way to win this tournament no I think your game sets up just 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 fine for there but I need to know the important thing which trophy is better at parties the Wanamaker or the Claret Jug uh, the Claire jug, cause the Claire jug you can bring everywhere. Like, I mean, it's, yep. you know, that, that big, uh, the Wanamaker is impossible. Like if you, it's, it's bigger than a suitcase you own. So it's like, it's pointless to bring. I would carry it. I mean, I saw Phil bring it everywhere the past, Phil brought it everywhere the past year. And like, I mean, yeah, the guy flies private, but like, it's still like a hassle to bring. Like it, it yeah, no, the Claire jug way better. And it's got a little spout to like drink out. I mean, it's perfect. What do you, yeah, what do you, you drink yeah. out of it when you're drinking out of these trophies? You're celebrating a major. What goes in those things? Uh, normally beer. Beer is kind of like the yeah. first thing. Like I enjoy beer. Um, so like beer was definitely poured. The well, That was the first thing out of the Claire jug. Um, you know, I, I guess they're great little party things. I mean, you can have like a nice like jungle juice out of the, out of the Wanamaker and like kind of just hand the Claire jug around and have that as a little cup, you know, cup holder. I didn't know you were a beer guy. Like that. I'm kind of everything. I mean, I haven't really found my drink yet. You know, I feel like everyone's got their drink. Like when you when you get to a certain age, you go to you go to a restaurant, you go to this place, and you're like, yeah, I'll just take this. I haven't found that, and like I don't know what it is, but maybe we'll find it. Just keep experimenting. I heard Amstel Light might be looking for a new spokesperson. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just you like. got a nice little. Well, if you happen to get into wine, I oh, hope you get man. into wine. You got a wine cellar behind you that looks like it houses about. Yeah, 700. I know. I know. We need to fill that out. Anyone that's listening, send it to Subpar, and uh, they'll send it my way. Maybe I'll handle it. We'll do a GoFundMe for your wine cellar. <laughs> we we got to talk. We got to talk some Ryder Cup. Of course. And by the way, just it. just the Ryder Cup, but your team events in general. Okay, you were on the winning Palmer Cup team in 2017 and 18, Walker Cup in 2017, Ryder Cup in 2021. Do you know your record in these all combined? No. No, I think so. Did you tweet something? I think I saw. I did not. Someone said something at the Ryder Cup or after the Ryder Cup. Well, my record. Okay, no. I I don't know what it is. It was not me because I just looked it up this morning. 14-3-1. I mean, that's damn impressive. 
I'll take it. I'm picking great partners then to play with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but it. Luck always, of the draw. We always like to ask these guys, I mean, what was that first tee shot in the Ryder Cup like for you? Uh, less nerve-wracking than my Rocker Cup tee shot. Really? Why? Just because yeah. you're more seasoned? That's so surprising. Wow. Uh, no, it was – I was hoping for people – like my eardrums to blow out. And they did, They were. It was crazy loud. Um, but, like, everyone put the Ryder Cup at such – like, you know, it's going to be crazy. Like, it's something that you're never going to, you've never experienced. And it really wasn't. Like, I've never experienced anything like that. But, like, I was waiting for, like, yeah. Like, I, I was waiting for me to be as nervous as I was at my Dodgers, at my first Dodgers, like, first pitch. And I've never been that nervous. Like, I was shaking to the boots at the Dodgers' first pitch. And, like, you will not find a video of that. Trust me. It's been hidden. <laughs> it's been handled. <laughs> But yeah, like I've never, I've never had those nerves. And like, for, for some reason at the Walker cup, like we're teeing off on the putting green, I think like it's my, you know, everyone puts that Walker cup and I was just super nervous. And I think it's cause I've played, you know, enough big events so far as a pro that like, yeah, I was nervous, but I, I was so excited. Like I was, I was just ready. Like I wanted to, I wanted to beat, I wanted to beat them. That's, yeah. that's all I cared well, about. Y'all did. You did it. You did a hell of a job. And yeah. you and DJ were a wrecking ball that week. Was that, how'd that partnership come about? Was that like, Team stuff, all right, based on data and analytics, that you two guys pair well together. Was that you and DJ coming together and saying, hey, Strick, we'd love to play together? Yeah, so it was, uh, let's see, it was at the BMW Championship. I was on the range. I think it was like I was warming up for my second round. I was, I was on the range looking at my phone, and I got a call from, from the captain. And he, like, has no clue that we're playing in the FedEx Cup playoffs. But he's like, oh, what's up? I'm like, oh, hi, how you doing? Um, so we're like talking for, you know, five minutes or quick call. He's like, what do you think about playing with DJ? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Like I love, I've loved playing with him and you know, we've only played a handful of times. We've spent, you know, time together at the TaylorMade shoots. I think that's some of the best times I've gotten to know like Rory and DJ and even when Rom was there and obviously Tiger, like that's the, the coolest moments you could ask for. Um, but I felt very comfortable with him and like, I thought it was going to be an easy pairing and it really was like, I mean, DJ is the easiest guy to get to know and to talk to and play with and, um we just killed it like it was kind of like that like we just do our own business and get done you know get the job done and just kind of enjoy the enjoy the day yeah if you could just get dj to relax a little bit he's so stressed and yeah you guys are jumpy oil and vinegar you're both wound <laughs> up really all the is. Time. yeah no we were we were super tense out there you know i like it but you know your putting gets talked about a lot how it's it's a little streaky but that week i mean you were ben crenshaw back in his prime you hooped it from everywhere is it when it's a team aspect like that, does it free you up a little bit knowing, okay, I can just go ahead and if this one goes by, no big deal. I got a teammate back here. Kind of, but like, it's weird in team formats. Like all you care about is making the putt. Like, I'm not thinking about like, Oh man, DJ, you know, DJ can back me up. Like I, I just wanted to make it. Cause like you want to, you want to celebrate, you want to take that one up lead. You want to, you know, put him dormy, whatever. Um, so like it, it put me in a different mindset. Cause like, yeah, I'm trying to make putts during tournaments, but you're also thinking about, okay, you know, if I have 30 feet, like, okay, two putt, get out with par, like nothing's wrong. 30 footer at the Ryder cup. Like you are absolutely trying to make, and that's all you care about. Like, I just want to make it. So maybe that, I think that maybe that pulls something out of you just in those kind of match play scenarios when you're playing with a teammate, um, that like, yeah, let's go do it for them. Let's go do it for everyone. But like, I just want to make the putt. Can you take that same mentality from the Ryder Cup to regular PJ Tour event? Yeah, I've, I've absolutely tried. Like, I've tried after that um, after that little portion of, into the fall, into this season. It was kind of like, 
you know, why, why is it so different? You know, like, what am I afraid of? Like, I'm, I'm here, I'm doing all the prep. I know what the speeds are. Like, let's just go make putts. So, yeah, so far it's, you know, I've changed the mindset a little bit. It's hard to put yourself in that situation every time where you're like, okay, like you have that extra adrenaline when you're, when you're playing at Ryder Cups and like, it just adds to the focus. You know, it was, when we had, when we were playing with no fans, like the focus isn't as quite there was when you have fans because the fans kind of like bring you into the zone. Um, so it's nice to have more and more people because it makes you focus even more and just, you know, subconsciously you just do it on, on its own. We, we all absolutely slap them around. You win in record breaking fashion. And then there's the after party. And I've heard <laughs> you may not have been the MVP of the after party. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was MVP cause I didn't make it. Um, yeah, I'll be honest. Those Mo, those Moe champagne bottles that are like however large right don't you know i don't think you're supposed to drink those i was so like determined to drink the half <laughs> bottle after i you know let it out um and then i had this i don't know what i drank like i had a cocktail made for me for the presser um for the press conference after and i just like drank it like it was just just going down like water and i i didn't eat anything that day the only thing i ate that day was breakfast and i think i had like an avocado toast and some potatoes and I didn't eat anything through the day, through the round. I didn't snack at all after I finished because we started every people were handing out drinks already right when I finished my match. Um, so yeah, let's just say I, I did not make it to the after party, which I'm a little disappointed about. But you know, a couple other people told me that they never made it to their first uh Ryder Cup after party. So you know what? Well, you probably hard, you probably I, felt the best Monday morning. You know, I was actually up. I mean, I did drink a lot, but like I was up at 6 a.m. wondering where the hell everyone was. I was saying <laughs> goodbye to everyone as they as they left the the hotel room. I was I was hungry. I was ready. I was ready to go again. I love it. How close? By the way, the the post uh, Ryder Cup press conference, the best golf press conference I've ever seen. So that will go down in history. You'll forever be in that record book. How close yes. did the team actually get for to Strick getting a tattoo? A tattoo. Um. I don't know. Like I, maybe I should text him and see like if he actually got one. Cause I, I'm pretty sure that was like kind of the promise, right. Mm -hmm, that yeah. he was supposed to make. Um, so shoot, I guess, I mean, you got to live up to it and like, why not? Got to pay your like, debts. Why not? There was a lot of I mean, talk about a, it'd it. Be a, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be a pretty cool tattoo to get. Yeah. And he had I, I think, I mean, I, I thought about getting one of those Olympic tattoos, but I didn't, I didn't win gold. So, oh, well, <laughs> yeah. All right, I want to ask yeah. one more thing before we get to the E9 real quick, because you play at a place called the Summit Club out there in Vegas, a Discovery Land property, and their whole deal is it's very relaxed, right? Shorts, T-shirt, whatever you want. It's just a good time music. Do you yep. think that's the way golf is starting to trend, and do you think it's it's a good thing? Yeah, I hope I hope it's trending that way. Um, look, that, that's how I practice, like, I, I think other than showing up to golf tournaments in a college shirt, you're never going to see me in a college shirt. I mean, I'm, I'm your typical like LA guy. Like I'm in shorts and a t-shirt 24 seven. Um, that's just how I love to practice. That's how, how I love to, you know, be out there on the golf course. And I think allowing more people to do that rather than go buy, you know, a college shirt or go buy a pair of nice pants just to go play. Um, it helps. It helps a lot. I mean, you see that in the shoe game right now with fashion, right? You're making shoes that are good for on the course and off the course. Um, things that like look good, not just for the golf course. 
I think that has to be done. You know, there, you can see it in some golf clothes, but like, why not make it in t-shirts? So maybe that's not to the extent that we should be playing on the PGA tour. Cause oh, that's yeah. still a little different, but as it relates to country clubs, especially, yeah, I, I think it should be relaxed because, um, I mean, yeah, I, I think a lot of guys, that's how they'd love to practice I'm if they you. could at their course. hundred percent. What's on Colin Morikawa's golf playlist? You're out practicing, playing. What are you listening to? I kind of mix it up. Um, I'll throw uh, some a lot of Post Malone up there. Um, I'll throw some country out there oh. once in a while. It, it's all mood. It's all mood based. So the weather changes a lot. It depends who I'm with. It depends if I'm by myself. Like it's a very mood dependent playlist. Kind of just you kind of just go with the flow. I like Post Malone and country. I'm in. I'll ride with you anywhere we go. Yeah, there you go. We're in dynamic. All right, okay. let's get to the emergency nine. Let's do it. Colin, it's nine fun questions to get to know even more about you, okay? We ask this to everyone. You can trade lives with anyone for a day, dead or alive, okay? You get to be them for a day. I'm, I have a feeling you're probably just going to say you're happy with being yourself. But uh, just get creative. Him, honestly, I wouldn't but, either. Yeah. No, I'm not going to say that. It's I'm just not a day. That. That's lame. All right. Trade lives with anyone for a day. Who's it going to be? Yeah. Um, I'd say like a like a like a free diver like someone that's really good to be able to go down to those like there's like 100 foot drops or 150 foot drops like i think that'd be really cool or like someone that goes out to space like so i live i live off adrenaline wow like i'm gonna say it here like if anyone is willing to get me out skydiving my team won't allow me i was gonna say yeah, kippers but having I'm, a heart I'm into attack right i'm into it i'm into it i think you have an insurance sponsor it, guys. though <laughs> um yeah exactly you'll be yeah. fine um, so like, I, yeah, I, I think like the free diving thing into the ocean would be c- pretty cool. Like someone that, you know, I, I can't name a, per- I can't name a person or like, uh, there's like big wave surfers. How about that? I, I love finding this out now because I'm just going to wear Kipper out about this. I'm just going to come up and give you like tickets for skydiving. <laughs> yeah, dude, and stuff skydiving. I do, I've been to do, I've been to Dubai four times in the past 15 months and I just see skydiving every single day I'm out there. I mean, it's the best place to do it. And I just haven't done it yet. So, um, gonna have some people. It would go on those roads of like, that's who I would trade lives with. Okay. The adrenaline junkie. Didn't didn't think that was coming. That might be the only answer we ever get for a deep, deep diver, free diver. That's why you're, that's why you're great. All right. Next question. You got a fiance, Kat. She was a standout on the Pepperdine golf team. Do you feel like you owe it to the world and the game of golf to eventually create offspring with her so that you can create the ultimate golf species? I, this can't be a question for everyone. <laughs> this is a real. I feel no, no. Like, these are the only ones that's the same for everyone is the first one. Oh, you got oh no, it, yeah. This is for you. Okay. Yeah. I was like, what in the world? Do I owe it to the world? Yeah. I mean, I think we could have really athletic babies. The problem is, is that I'm 5'9 and she's like 5'5. Five five. So I'm hoping like our kids somehow just have superhuman like height genetics. Um, because like, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to see them and just I mean I I can shoot hoops. Like I can yeah. I, I'd say I'm I'm fairly athletic. I'm gonna uh, back myself up on that, that I'm still a fairly athletic human being. Like I don't I don't just play golf for a living and I can't do anything else. Okay. Let's let's establish that there. So um yeah, but I, I guess golf could be there. I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't care what they do. It could be the ultimate like, ultimate. The summer haze would they need to be sweating right now. Because right now family. they hold the ultimate <laughs> DNA. I think y'all could surpass them. Staying on, right, staying on, right. Cat for a second. I'm gonna remember this. Yeah. Yes, he said. Cat played golf at Pepperdine. Has she ever beat you? 
Um, sh- like straight up? Straight up. I don't think we've really played many 18-hole rounds together. <laughs> At the summit, we'll play like three holes or we'll play five. And she'll call it quit. So, I mean, yeah, she's probably beaten me through five holes and said, okay, we're done. That's pretty good. Yeah, if I'm up five like, holes, you go do what you that want. That means I win. Yeah. Um, so, she she actually might have beat me for nine one time. 18, 18 no. No, but no she has. But I'll give her a couple shots here and there and, like, you know, we'll keep it friendly. And her swing is friendly. mint. Mint, that's what I'm saying. This, yeah, her swing this is really offspring, good. Dude. For not, like, she doesn't touch. She doesn't touch a quad for, like, a couple months, too, like. She just she'll just go and not play, and then want to like die, she'll she like want me to dissect your swing. She's like, is that is this okay? Or like, I'm like it looks fine. Like people are gonna love it. <laughs> it doesn't matter. People are gonna love it. Trust me, it's good. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Next is that one. yours? Yeah. If you've ever been here, okay. Here's my next one. All right, take yourself back to Cal Berkeley. Okay, you're walking into a final exam. You haven't studied a single minute leading up to it. Okay, sitting directly next to you, you got James Hahn and Max Homa. Which one are you copying off of? Um, neither probably, mm, uh, absolutely not. But I mean, that's kind of how I studied. I was a, I was a last minute studier. So I, I studied the last, like as late as possible. So like that night I was studying, um, if I had to pick, <laughs> I, I feel like Max would just be sitting there having no clue what to do. And James would kind of just walk out on the test. I, <laughs> so I, I, I guess like... by default. By default, I'd be stuck with Max. I feel like that's pretty accurate. Actually. I see. I disagree. I would have gone James because I feel like he would have hustled someone and got like the answers somehow well before because he's a wheeler and dealer. Yeah. So he might already had the answers. So James, I would go James. He's on. probably copying yeah, off someone next okay. to him who's smart, and then you could just do the little choo-choo train down the line. Yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right. I mean, I get, yeah. I'll stick with my answer. Okay. <laughs> All right. You, as you said earlier, you're a big foodie. Vegas, some of the best restaurants in the world. Give me your favorite in Vegas, and then also favorite while you're out on the road on the tour. Favorite restaurant stop? Um, Carbone's probably one of my yeah. favorite, but that's like a chain everywhere, right? So, like, I mean, I still love it. Like, Carbone, I think, is phenomenal. Um, somewhere in Vegas that's not like a chain, this place called Magic Noodle. It's got these noodles. Um, <laughs> but, wow. You don't <laughs> obviously, say. Obviously. Um, you'll just have to check it out, but Riviera last week, and I've said it, I've said it in my press conferences, like there's this place called Sujita Annex. It's my favorite spot in the entire world. And last week at Riviera for five for six straight nights, I had dinner within three restaurants of each other. So like one restaurant was kill was killer noodle. The one next to it was Hide Sushi. And the one next to that was my favorite Sujita Annex. So I went to Sujita three times. I went to Hide once, and I went to Killer Noodle twice, all throughout the the uh, week of Riviera. He knows what he likes. Shit, it works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I yeah, it almost worked. It, it, it worked. worked. Yeah, it was pretty damn close. All right, stay on Riviera for a minute. Do you think Justin Thomas owes you an apology for rudely interrupting your walk to the tenth tee with his tee shot? That was out of line no. by him. I thought. I mean. I wish there were cameras on the other side as he hit his shot and walked away. Well, first of all, like he was so, he was so serious when like I walked up. Right. And then he just smiled so much at me. Like as I, he just gave me that little like grin and I'm like, Oh my God. But it was like, I, I had no clue what was going on. I was so, I felt so good. You know, after you go to the bathroom and you're just like, man, you're like content. 
you're just like you're just like good like you're at peace right and like that's all i, I did i didn't want to look at, i didn't want to look up at the crowd so i just kept my head down like i didn't realize until i watched the video how far up i walked up until like i mean I, it, it would have been pretty close if he hit the ball i love that well moment. it's his fault for laying up that's all i have to say. yeah dude hit a driver like a man and you would have plenty of time yeah you beat him by two on the hole because you went for it yeah yeah exactly yeah sure lesson learned by jt <laughs> All right, next question. We all have flaws or things we're not good at. Okay, we know you're really, really good at a lot of things, but what would you say is something you're not good at? Or what is a flaw of Colin Morikawa? Yeah, um, I'm not good at ice skating. Oof, that's a tough look. Makes, that's a tough makes look. Makes a bunch of us. I could teach you that. <laughs> Swing on by yeah. Scottsdale, bro. I got you. I, I, I suck. So what about things that actually matter in life? No, just ice skating. Yeah, like I'm really a messy. Nothing? Nope. I'm like as organized as I get. I'm Mm -hmm. super OCD with like that stuff. I show up on time. I mean, the one question I interviewed JJ when I was uh, asking him to like caddy for me was like, are you organized? That's the only question I can come up with in my head. And he's like, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So I went with him. I'm with you. That's all I ask. Be on time. It's so easy. It is. Um, but like, I wish I wish my hair, I, maybe I need to change up my haircut. I wish my hair, like I didn't have to get the haircut every, you I have know, too, uh, I, My hair is too thick. Yeah. <laughs> my hairline's too it good. It kind of grows in like a weird, yeah. Like anyone out there that knows how to cut really good, you know, Asian hair that. James Hahn. Yeah. I'm, I'm, he cuts <laughs> his own. He can handle yours easy. <laughs> definitely not um <laughs> maybe that i don't know I'm, I'm not the best cook like i can cook but like i don't oh god all right so you're really good you're at a disaster you. you can't cook that good and you can't ice skate <laughs> good luck making friends buddy <laughs> all, right, you're next doomed. all right this is my next one i'm gonna need you to think deep on this because you're a cow guy you're smart colt and i we're dum-dums okay so i want you to explain what the following quote means and it's from a fellow cow bear okay the quote is jesus I mean, I know I'm going to get got, but I'm going to get mine more than I get got, though. That's from the great Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn, is this Marshawn Lynch? Yeah. <laughs> can you explain that as a cowman? Can you repeat that again? Sure. Can absolutely. you say it normal, though? <laughs> just you want me to it. just read it regular? <laughs> yes. Okay. Oh, I thought I'd say it the way he did. I tried to, I tried to make it authentic, guys. Yeah. Okay, no, here's no, the no. quote. Get, it, get, in the, get in the role playing. I like it. Okay, get, yeah, I was trying back. to. I was trying to. Here it is, yeah. just straight transcript. I'm reading it. Quote. I mean, I know I'm going to get got, but I'm going to get mine more than I get got, though. End quote. Yeah, that means you're, you're just going to, you're going to get everything you go and, and you know, strive for. See, Shit, I feel like, that's it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Was this while he was playing football? Nothing, nothing, nothing's going to be given to you. How about that? Nothing's going to be given to you. You gotta go. You gotta go earn what you want. Okay. Marshawn said it much if more. Marshawn says it. I I live by it. I love that yeah. dude. One of my all time favorite yeah. athletes. Okay, that's good. Thanks for clearing that yeah. up. I feel okay, better perfect. now. Yeah. All right. Last one. Your dog Koa, the poodle, has its own Instagram page. Has almost eight thousand yeah. followers. Ooh. Okay. Of the yeah, following PGA Tour winners, which one has less followers than Koa? Hudson Swafford. Adam Long or Brian Harmon? <laughs> oh, tough oh my God. I'm going to go with Adam Long. Yes! You win. <laughs> yes. Please get it right. Please get it. 
Oh, that is so good. I'm sorry, Adam. A dog. I'm sorry. Dog's uh, more. He beat Phil so in a tough. showdown. He yeah. can't even clip your dog. That's so tough. Oh, I oh love it God. so much. Oh, Adam, tough break, wow. son. Koa the poodle's famous, man. I'm gonna follow her right now. Or it's him. a him. I'm gonna follow him. It's a him. I yeah. like that. It's dude. a him. He looks like a girl. He looks like a girl. Right. He's pretty. He's pretty feminine. That's all right. Delicate features. Colin, dude, thank yeah. you so much. Been waiting to do this for a long yeah, time. Dude. That was a blast. Go get out on the skate rink. Thanks, guys. Clean that up. <laughs> All right, man. I mean, it's it's snowing in Vegas. Like, I might I might go try it. There oh, you go. Well, gross. thank you so much. We appreciate you, dude. That was a lot of fun. Thank you, man. Thanks, you're you're a stud, thank dude. You. Thank you. All right. Well, that was Colin Morikawa joining us on Golf Subpar. Sleaze, what a stud. I mean, this guy is so nice, so thoughtful. I need to know who his dentist is. Uh, that was going to be my one thing that I brought up. I said, Cole, I found it. I found the weakness, and it's not him. It's his agents. He doesn't have a Colgate sponsorship. How are you not gonna? I was looking in the camera. I was like, God, look at those chompers. Things are glossy. Do you think he's a little jealous of you? I mean, he he only played one Corn Fairy Tour event, and they didn't even know who he was when he went there to register. He never got the Jicky Jack life. Exactly. I showed up to very few Corn Fairies. They also never knew who I was, so we do have that in common. But yeah, dude, he doesn't know anything about the chicks, pooling money, eating Chipotle every single night, sleeping on the floor, fighting off bed bugs, and all the real shit that real golfers go through. And who would have known Colin Morikawa, the adrenaline junkie? Would not have had him pegged for a guy that wants to go no skydiving, bungee jumping, all that sort of stuff. He, I feel like it's going to be a tough task to get his team to release it. Hey, boys, I'm going to just uh, finish up this morning round and go skydiving. What do you think? I can't. And I cannot wait for one of our loyal listeners, yes. PGA Tour player Adam Long. I'm sorry, fella, but we had to do it. I mean, I looked up at Koa, the poodle, his Instagram numbers, and he had more followers than you. And I just I had to take my shot. It just seemed like the proper thing to do, and I love that Colin got the question correctly. It wasn't even a shot; it was just a correct answer. It was factual. Who's yeah. got more? Who's got? Who's your dog got more followers than? A long. You got to. St- you got to either start posting, start tweeting, doing something funny or interesting. But right now, you're losing to Colin's dog. It's a tough look for a tour winner. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's now on to the players, please, and it's time to get amongst it with our guys over at FanDuel. The Players Championship is back with one of the best fields in golf. And now you can take a shot at the Island Green with FanDuel Sportsbook. How about this, please? Right now, new customers can get 30 to 1 odds on defending champ Justin Thomas, two-time major champ Colin Morikawa, or Olympic gold medalist Xander Schauffele just to make the cut of the players. All you got is that one of them. I think that's pretty good odd. 30 to 1, better than you're going to find anywhere else. That's right. I like Xander to make the cut this week. I'm going to go out on a land. I'm going to say I expect him to be there on the weekend. All right. Well, that's right. If any of these players make the cut at TPC Sawgrass, you win $150 on a $5 bet. I mean, that's just free money. That's literally handing it out. All right. Well, let's get to our picks for the players. You know, this is one of my favorite tournaments, one of my best finishes on the PGA Tour. The most exciting finish in all of, P- in all of golf, in my opinion. 16, 17, 18. Just so dramatic. And the field is loaded. This is a big one. Before we get to the picks, though, hey, we hit again. We hit, yes, we had we Victor did. Hovland to win, and he was right there the entire time. Just a couple up and downs from bunkers throughout the week would have done it. And then Rory, there was a time where it was 1-2, both our picks. Granted, they were favorites, but they were still right there. And we got a little bonus. So if you if you hopped on that train, a little extra coin in your pocket got going it. into players' week. Gary Woodland was a dark horse pick. He was one-shot lead, two to play. My God, hot plate. Hot plate coming in there. Shocked on 17. Well, now it's time for us to perform players 20 yeah. million dollar purse this is, a big week. this is big i feel like more and more people will be gambling with FanDuel this week because of how exciting this golf tournament is to watch so i'm gonna start it off 
And it's not just because he was our guest. It's part of our part of why because of his guest. But right, I we would we would do that. This golf course is built for Colin Morikawa. I know he's the fa- currently right now on FanDuel. He is the favorite at eleven to one. It's going to be right around there. He'll be either the favorite or co-favorite. But I love him. I've had him um, penciled in to be the winner of the players all year long, and I I got to go with him. You like Colin's game, do you? Listen, what, what is it about? Is it the perfect drives or the perfect iron shots and the great wedge play that you like so much? But what also happens normally after you come on golf subpar? You win. A grizz. So Colin Morikawa, 11 to 1. Okay, betting favorite, Colin Morikawa. Shout out to him being the guest, too. We would pick a guy just because he was the guest, but I feel like this is real regardless if he was the guest or not. I'm going to go to another guy. Don't play much bad golf these days. He's sitting there at 24 to 1, which I was a little bit surprised he wasn't higher up on the list. I think it's because he doesn't have a great track record at the players missed the cut in his last two there which is shocking to me but i care zero about that because if you go prior to the genesis he had four starts uh on the year worst finish was ninth at a playoff loss in there i'm going patrick cantlay plot along he's not going to get two up two down i don't think the conditions are going to rattle him and he's going to get all pissed off about everything going on out there he's sitting at 24 to 1 i don't care i don't care about his track record patrick cantlay right now even with john rahm in the mix not many guys bad golf better than his this should be a perfect golf course you would think. for Patrick Cantlay. Uh, going down the board, I was surprised to see him down there. Once again, not the greatest track record. He finished fourth in his first appearance. And then after that, it really hadn't been that great for Jordan Spieth. But at 48-1, to one, he's sitting high. He's starting to play a lot better golf. I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the mix, especially with 48-1 to one odds. He's sitting high. He doesn't have to use that driver a whole lot this week if he doesn't want to. The iron game is typically pretty good. We know how he putts it. That's a big... That's a big digit for Jordan Spieth. Like, you don't you don't see him that high too often. No, not at all. Who you got as a dark horse? My dark horse, I'm going with a guy coming off a hell of a week. He was runner-up this past week, had every chance in the world, got off to a bad start on the front nine. Love him in the state of Florida, especially up near his hometown. Billy Horschel going off at 48-1. to 1. He might be a little bit gassed. I don't know anybody coming off of Bay Hill that just played four days. It's not going to be a little bit gassed, but just love him down there. He's the grinded-out type. I think that's why I played so well at Bay Hill. I expect it to be really tough this week, given the conditions, and I think he's just a dude that just puts his head down and goes, and he's in good form right now. So at 48-1, to I think Billy Horschel, a nice, nice little pickup. Has been playing very nice golf. Gets to stay in his own bed this week. That's huge. Um, the one thing is just hopefully he doesn't put too much pressure on himself to play well at home in front of all his friends and family. But I know he has expressed how important it is for him to win in the state of Florida at some point in his career. So I like the pick. He's playing some great, great golf. And there's no better time to get in on the action with FanDuel Sportsbook. So step up to the tee and take a swing at, swing at betting the players. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app with promo code SUBPAR to get 30 to 1 odds on JT, Colin Morikawa, or Xander Shoffley just to make the cut at the players. Sign up using pro SUBPAR so they know that we sent you. FanDuel Sportsbook, official betting operator of the PGA Tour, must be 21 years old and older and present in Arizona, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, New Jersey, or New York. New Users only must wager in designated offer market. Max bet $5. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777, or visit chat in Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER, or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in New Jersey, Iowa, or Illinois, and 1-877-8-HOPE-NY, or text HOPE-NY, that's 467-369 in New York. Shout out to the fine, fine people of Iowa for, for hopping in the pool. The water's warm. It's good to have you. Zach Johnson, sign up. That's right. Zach will be fine. 
Zach might fired. be needing to text that 1-800-HOPE-NY for that you know, little problem. All right. Well, that one was a lot of fun. Everyone have a great week. Enjoy the players, and we'll talk to you on next week's Golf Subpar.